I don't think people appreciate sometimes how important it is to understand what your rights are in the workplace. Welcome to Conversations with Connors. I'm your host, Adam Connors. My next guest is someone that everyone should have in their speed dial. Her name's Tammy Marzigliano, a partner at the prestigious law firm Outen and Golden and a renowned litigator in the employment space. Tammy represents employees in litigation and negotiation in all areas of employment law, including matters involving compensation and bonus disputes, contractual violations, and whistleblower as well as individual discrimination claims. From start to finish in this podcast, you will feel Tammy's passion in her beliefs and her fight for her client's justice. You will recognize quickly why she's as good at her craft as she is, not to mention wildly successful. Tammy imparts some of the most valuable advice any employee or employer will ever get in wonderful detail. And with fantastic examples of actual client cases, Tammy educates us on the magnitude of the true need of having representation to protect yourself. During our conversation, we also delve into how she built her practice, the importance of referrals, some of the best advice she has been given, as well as some of the most impressive people that are in her Rolodex today. I'm not just honored to have her on my show, but more importantly, proud to call her my friend. After listening to our conversation, I have the utmost confidence that you will share in my doting sentiments. So sit back and enjoy my conversation with Tammy Marzigliano. I want to start by making sure that everybody that's listening right now has a pen and paper because you need to take down this name and you need to take down the phone number. This is Tammy Marzigliano that we're sitting with right now from Outen in Golden. Tammy, would you be kind enough to share your contact info? My name is Tammy Marzigliano. My firm is Outen and Golden. My email address is tm at outengolden.com. And our phone number is 212-245-1000. So the reason that I say that is Tammy is such an important person for anybody who is an employee of an organization. And maybe even more, and Tammy, I'm sure you're going to correct me as we go on through this conversation, but Tammy is an employment lawyer. And I cannot begin to tell you how many people that have asked me for advice because I used to own an executive search firm and I've helped people, but my advice is on a scale of one to 10 is probably a six. Tammy's advice is a 10 for a variety of reasons. And I want Tammy to get into that in a little bit, which I'm hoping that you will, because I can't begin to tell you the value of the service that she provides people. And hopefully you don't ever need anything on the back end of the services that she provides, but she's fantastic. So Tammy, if you don't mind, can you explain why I am suggesting that everybody have your name, your number, your contact information and what you do? Thank you very much, Adam. That was very kind. We represent exclusively employees in employment-related situations. We do not represent companies. We don't represent employers, but we represent individuals in all aspects of employment law. So employment law is the big umbrella. And within that, we'll represent people 
whether or not they have an employment contract or an offer letter that they want reviewed. And that's when they're entering their employment, right? So there's a lot of things that happen when somebody first gets a job. They'll get an employment letter. It's really called an offer letter. Or they'll get an employment contract. Or maybe it's an expat contract. And we'll review that and we'll negotiate the terms of that with their prospective employer. And then there's things that happen during the course of their employment. That issues come up that we will be retained to either help people navigate through their employment minefield, or we will appear on their behalf and we'll negotiate whether they want to stay with the company and they just want to make sure that they're being treated fairly or there's a specific incidence that arises and we might handle and help them navigate that. Or on the back end, as you kind of mentioned, is when someone's leaving their employer. So we may help them negotiate a package out. One of the biggest things that I think people think is they think lawyer litigation, and that's not necessarily the case. And one of the things that my firm looks at and the question that we ask is not whether or not you have a claim, do you have a case? We ask, do you have a problem? And if you have a problem in regard to your workplace, then that's something that we assist people all the time. And unfortunately, a lot of times people come to us when it's too late, when that problem has just gotten out of control, when they've been put on a performance improvement plan, when they are on the heels of being terminated. And then it's really hard to kind of back away from the situation that they've kind of gotten themselves into. So it's really good that when people find themselves in a situation that they don't know what's going on. A new boss came in, new management came in, there was a takeover, an acquisition in the company, and they're trying to figure out how do I navigate this? Or all of a sudden the employer is bringing in a lot of younger people and here you are at 60 years old and you've been there 30 years and what does the future look like for me? It's really scary. It's a scary place to be. And that's a lot of times when people decide, I want to be proactive. I want to understand what my options are. That's the best time to reach out to a lawyer because then you understand what your rights are, but you also have a strategy of how to kind of navigate the situation. I think it's really important because if you think about it, our jobs are a big part of who we are and it defines us in many different ways. And we spend a lot of our time at work, even more time sometimes than we spend with our family. And when things happen in the workplace, it takes a real toll on you. And it can be a positive, and it can be great, or it could be something that is just life-changing. And I don't think people appreciate sometimes how important it is to understand what your rights are in the workplace. That's sage advice. Speaking of sage advice, help me if you could. So I talk to a lot of people and I've got a lot of examples of when people were reactive as opposed to being a little more proactive and seeking your <laughs> advice. But what do you think is the biggest trepidation for people not seeking your advice? Because I think that they think litigation, lawyer litigation. Sometimes when people will call, the first thing they'll say is, I don't want to sue anybody. I really don't want to sue anyone. My cousin said I should call you. My brother said I should call you. My husband said I should call you. But I really don't want to be litigious. And they're so concerned about that. And I think that's the biggest trepidation that people have about calling a lawyer because they think organically it's just going to escalate the situation. And they're right in the sense that if you have a problem and then all of a sudden you turn around to your employer and say, my lawyer is going to deal with it. Yes, that's going to change the dynamics. 
yes, that's going to escalate the situation. But that's not the only service that lawyers provide to people. A lot of times we are helping people behind the scenes. We never appear on their behalf. But what we're doing is we're giving them advice. We're counseling them through a situation. And I have oftentimes people will reach out after the fact and say, that was really painful, but I'm so happy because I still have my job and things are going really well now. And I'm really appreciative of the guidance that you've provided. So there's just a lot more that lawyers do than just litigate or sue the employer or become litigious or contentious about a situation. What about the people that are just getting a job? I can't begin to tell you how many people I have suggested reach out to you that didn't. And I would think that the reason or without them coming out and saying it, they're just being cheap. (laughs) And I try to say that there is a high cost to a low price. They'll say, oh, my friend is a lawyer. And not to take anything away from their friend, but each industry, there's a reason people specialize in something. Do you have any thoughts on that or any suggestions on what I should tell people about why they need someone who is a specialist and some of the things that you are going to see that maybe someone else that comes from a different industry might not acknowledge or recognize? It's an excellent point. Again, I see this all the time and I see it more on the back end, right? When you're talking about someone exiting the company and I look at their employment contract and I say, did you have a lawyer look at this? And they'll say to me, well, my brother's cousin's sister is a lawyer and she does corporate law and she took a look at it. Okay. It's missing a lot of things because when you're focusing, if you have someone that's a personal injury lawyer, I wouldn't even begin to take on a matter that I do not have a level of expertise or a criminal case. That's not what I do. And it's the same thing in the employment law context. There are certain provisions or there are certain things that you wouldn't even think to ask for when you're looking at an employment contract if you're not in this field. You're looking at the agreement. It looks good. It sounds fine. It's got all that legalese. Sign it. When in fact, now all of a sudden you've got a ridiculous non-compete for three years or you don't have a severance clause in there and it's just missing key components. Because for me, I look at joining a company like getting married in a way. It's important that you have that prenup lined up because at the beginning, everybody loves everybody and everything's nice and there's all these promises and everything's all warm and fuzzy and nobody wants to make any waves. So then company will give you a contract and they'll sign it because they're relying on all these representations that are being made. But then fast forward 10 years. Now that CEO is not there anymore and the HR department changed and all those people that made all those promises aren't in the company anymore. And now you have a contract that is void of all of those representations that were made to you. And suddenly you're sitting there with no rights at all. And you just given 20 years of your life to the company and on the way out, there's no one there to protect you. So it's really important that you can still be all warm and fuzzy and you can all be excited about joining the company, but you also want to be smart. And you want to make sure that you have someone who specializes in this area advising you, counseling you, and looking at the various documents, even if it's just an offer letter. An offer letter can give you certain rights and certain protection. And sometimes it's just a one-page offer letter, but we might say to them, listen, make sure that you include certain things in that offer letter, how much you're getting paid what your job title is, what your responsibilities are, who are you reporting to, what kind of benefits do you get. The more information you can put in that document, the better it is for you. 
But again, people are just so excited that they've got this job. Whatever it says, it says, and they sign it and they kind of move on. And then they never pull up that paper again until there's a problem. And that in and of itself is problematic. Yeah, I know when the kumbaya phase is over. Right, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, it's funny. So I try to liken, please correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm doing this improperly, but I liken your service almost to like life insurance. You don't want to pay for life insurance because then you're kind of betting against yourself. But you know what? It's really freaking good if you have it. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. But I think you're right. I think, listen, nobody likes paying lawyers. I get it. I don't. I'm on the board of my condo and we're always hiring lawyers for something and it's just, you're like, oh my God, that's another 5000 or that's another 10000 But I also understand the value Yeah, what's of the it. alternative? Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and people will say to me, well, can't you handle this? You're a lawyer. And I won't because I don't do landlord, tenant issues. So I'm not going to pretend to practice something that I do not have any expertise in. So I think you're right. People don't want to pay the money. I get it. I'd rather buy shoes than hire a lawyer. I totally I understand <laughs> that. There's things that are more important than paying for that. But at the end of the day, it's worth it, quite frankly, to make sure that you're protected. And whether it's on the way in or it's while you're there or on the way out, I think there's real value at it. Talk to me. I know you're probably not allowed to share any names or anything, but give me some experiences or some situations that you've had where whether it's you've protected somebody or you've gotten them money or give me some good outcomes to reinforce the people that are listening as to what your services and what you know Outing Golden's been able to do for some people. There's so much that I know, <laughs> so I, know I know, I know. It's a loaded so question. That we do. It's funny. When you're asking me the question, I was thinking about I keep this book upstairs in my office and it's got all the thank yous from my clients. So it's a big book. And every time I get this feeling, nice- By the way, guys, when she did big, her hands were wide no. <laughs> open. So I can't wait to see. So that's pretty it's, good. It's, it's nice doesn't book. matter it's if you nice think book. about a thank you, how tiny that is. And your hands just went really yeah, it's, big. It's a, it's a book that yeah. I put in. Just, just to, I want to put it into context for those who aren't looking. You know? <laughs> so when I have a bad day, I take out the book. It, and it even has a the before it. The book. Yeah. And some people will come into my office and they'll be like, they'll make comments about my book. It reminds me of why I do what I do because I believe I make a difference in people's lives. And specifically to your question, what are things that we've helped people with? Not just myself, but many people in my firm will handle executive contracts. We have a practice group that focuses on executive contracts. So even within your industry that you guys cover, how specific you are, you have experts within that cover. I mean, that's to go to your point about why you need to have an expert. You've got someone that just handles contracts. Yep. We have people. Okay. Yeah, and we all do the big umbrella of employment law, right? Basic I'm, discrimination law. I'm just trying to law. drill down yeah, just yeah, for yeah. people to understand. Yeah, that's true. So you have employment law, which is the big umbrella, right? Then within that, you're right. We have practice groups. So we have a practice group that's, that does executive compensations. And they do the really complicated lift outs when teams are moving from one place to another or really dealing with deferred comp and equity. So we have people that really just drill down on the employment contracts. And we all can do a basic employment contract, but they really specialize in that. We have a practice group that handles class action, wage and hour violations or gender discrimination, class actions. And class actions are really important because it provides a forum in which people individually might not be able to afford to bring a claim, especially in wage and hour. You're talking about low-wage workers generally in the restaurant industry that are not being paid overtime 
for example. So it allows these people to bring their claims forward as a class. So we have people that just focus on that. I handle our whistleblower and retaliation practice group and our financial service practice group. So I handle a lot of my clients who are in the financial service industry, but they can be in any industry. And then we have people that also just handle pregnancy discrimination claims or the- That's specific. And Americans with Disability Act claims. So you're right, it is specialized within. So I think there's a laundry list of examples of people that we've assisted and we've helped with their employment contracts or entering in a company where they're excited and they've got this new job and we'll review and get them the best contract possible and the best protection possible when they're starting this career in this particular company. I have represented many, many people with regard to just advising them and helping them navigate the situation successfully. You know, I've had people where I've been behind the scenes. I'm thinking of one client in particular for over a year and just giving advice and how to deal with situations as they arise. And then finally, she's like, okay, I'm done. And at this point now, she did everything right because I was there behind the scenes coaching her. So she's created a record of the issues that she had. She handled things properly because the biggest problem that employees make is when they get pissed off at their employer and they say, well, you know what? They're not treating me very well or they're not being really fair. They stop working so hard, right? They're like, well, why should I come in at nine o'clock? I'm there all the time, 10 hours. Forget it. I'll just come in at 10 o'clock or I'll just leave early or I'll take extra vacation time. It's the worst thing that you can do because when you have a problem, in fact, you want to even work harder. You want to be that stellar employee that you've always been. You always want to be on the right side of the issue. So I've helped people kind of navigate that. And this one particular situation I'm thinking about, and I appeared on her behalf. We negotiated a half a million dollar package out and she was really happy and we were able to resolve it. We've had numerous cases where we've helped people exit companies for making sure that they've gotten all their deferred compensation, that they've gotten a severance to really help them bridge the gap to the next place in their life. And it depends on what they make, what their total comp is, will depend on how much at the end of the day they're going to get. We also have cases that we've taken successfully to mediation. And I think that's a great tool in which we've helped people to reach a resolution. And then when all else fails, you litigate. And more and more cases are going to arbitration than in court. But we've successfully litigated cases on behalf of our clients. And although that's a you know, grueling process more for the client than anything else, we have been successful at doing so. I know for a fact, because I know a few people that I know a few of your clients and everyone rants and raves. I've got and one of the things that if it's not abundantly clear from those who are listening is your passion for what you do. You believe in what you do. You believe in the services and you fight tooth and nail for your clients. Apologies for interrupting this conversation, especially if you're really enjoying it. I know that I get frustrated when I'm listening to a good podcast, so I'll make it quick. If you're enjoying our podcast, please support us on patreon.com slash networkwise. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash networkwise. All patrons will receive early access to podcasts and exclusive networking advice. Okay, that was painless. So all you have to do now is help us on Patreon and enjoy the remainder of the show. So 
don't take this the wrong way, but I've got to assume you could be making more money being on the other side. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, that's true. And when I say that, I mean on the other side, like working for the corporations as opposed uh -huh. to, so if that is the case, and what keeps you doing this? I love what I do. And you're right. I could probably make a lot more money working for a defense firm that represents these corporations, but I always feel like I'm on the right side of the issue. And there's a lot of great, smart people I've met through the years on the defense side. So I take nothing away from them or their skills, but you got to believe in what you do and you got to believe in the issues that you're talking about. And for me, I like helping people. I want to see a face to the issue and I want to make a difference for them. And I believe that I do on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's more about, for me personally, being on the right, what I feel is the right side of the issues. I don't think I would be comfortable, quite frankly, Adam, representing someone that's accused of sexual harassment. I'm more comfortable representing the employee who was sexually harassed and fighting for that person to ensure that they are treated fairly, to ensure that the person who was the sexual harasser is out of the company or appropriate action was taken as a result of their behavior. That, for me, is where my passion lies and my drive and my ambition is to try to make a difference and to try to keep and hold these companies responsible for their actions and to make sure that they're a good, fair, safe place to work. Do you keep people in check when they reach out to you? Because a lot of times, at least my experience is when people, they don't take ownership for themselves. So they feel, oh my God, I'm being wronged or they're looking for a payday. How often do you see that happen? And when it does happen, do you put them in their place? I'll put everybody in their place. Yeah, well, that's true. That's actually a fair, you know, I'm, you know I'm me, afraid Adam. you're going to put me in my place at some point. I'm trying to keep it straight here. Here's the great thing. I get to pick and choose the cases that I want. So if I feel that somebody doesn't have really a real claim or a real issue, and this is about just coming in and extorting the company, I want no part of that. That's not my job. That's not what I want to do. In that situation, it's not about putting them in their place. It's just, this is not the firm for you. That's not what our interest is. If, however, someone is unrealistic, and I get that a lot, mm. which is people come in, and I get it. They feel wronged. I mean, you have people that have been with a company, someone I represented recently, she was there 60 years. 60, imagine oh this. Goodness. 60 years. And you're giving your life. Your identity is now tied to that organization. And these people just want to be treated fairly. So sometimes people come and say, ah, I think they should pay me $20 million. I was like, well, that would, <laughs> I'd love to have somebody pay me $20 million, but that's not going to happen. And they feel they're so wronged that they just come up with some random amount of money because they think that that will help right the wrong. And that's just not how the system works. We have to look at it through the lens of what are your legal claims or what is your leverage here? And what would you be tied to under the law? And there's a lot of factors that go into assessing what is a fair and equitable resolution to a dispute. But I do oftentimes really have to manage people's expectations more than kind of putting them in the place. It's more just saying, and it's educating them, quite frankly. 
I remember, I don't know how many years ago this was. Do you remember when there was this lawsuit against McDonald's because somebody yeah, coffee. spilled wa- coffee yeah, the and they coffee burnt themselves yeah. or whatever. Yep. And they got like millions. Of, yeah. I can't even tell you how many people called me after that. And everyone that like had a situation or whatever worked like, well, I want $10 million. I don't understand. They, this person got coffee spilt on them and they got X amount of dollars. And here I am being pushed out because of my age. Why shouldn't I get $10 million? So I think that there's this false sense of what the system is about, right? Because what people don't see is with these big awards that are out there in the press, that the jury knocks, that the judge, not the jury, the jury will give these big awards and the judge knocks them down. So that's the part that people miss. How much did this plaintiff really get at the end of the day is generally not what is being reported out there. So there's this misconception about what people are entitled to from an economic perspective. So let me ask you about this practice that you've built. I mean, you've built quite a practice. You've got a great following. Something that you touched on that I think is really important is that you're in a position that you can choose your clients and I guess the cases that you take. Uh, Has that always been the case or how did you build that practice? Well, it hasn't always been the case. When I started out, I was an associate and I worked for partners and they basically told me what I was going to take and what I wasn't going to take and what I was going to work on and what I wasn't going to work on. And I think that that was very valuable because there were sometimes there were cases that I remember going to the partner saying, I don't like this case or I don't like this client or I don't like this issue. And I was like, okay, tell me why and get on board because <laughs> you're on the case. But it makes you realize that you don't have to like every person or like the issues around it. But if they have legitimate legal claims, then this is something that we will help them with. So in time, as I've got more senior and then I became a partner of the firm, and once I became a partner, then I was able to really pick and choose my cases. I wasn't just then staffed on cases and you have to work on this issue or that. And I like that. And there's a lot of cases that Unfortunately, just because I'm so busy that I have to either turn down or it's an issue that I don't handle. So let's talk about that. You've got a significant practice. You're at this point picking and choosing who you get to work with. How did you, I mean, this is a relationships, right? I mean, you've got people that are referring you business. How did you build those relationships? How did you earn that trust? It's my understanding that you get a lot of your referrals through opposing counsel. I do. Is that the norm? I don't know if it's a norm in other areas of law, I would imagine that it is. But it's pretty typical here that a lot of us will get referrals from opposing counsel because you work with these people. They know you. They know your skills. And to me, it's the best compliment when my adversary is sending their brother-in-law to me and referring a family member or a close friend. To me, that's the best compliment I can get. So yes, I get a lot of my clients through opposing counsel. I also get a lot of clients from former clients that are just referrals because, you know, you do good work and people will pass that along. So that's how I've kind of built up my, I guess, network of referrals is really a lot through opposing counsel through prior clients. And then you've got typically friends like yourself who would refer matters to me and other people that you meet along the way. But there was no real, I can't recall a point in time where I said to myself, I'm going to make this concerted effort to network and build a practice. I think organically, it just happened. Now, I've said this to you, I'm not into networking in the very traditional sense in which 
I go to networking events or go to conferences for the purposes of networking. I may get networking things every day. Like people are inviting me to something to, under the guise of, this is a great event to network, you know, meet people. <laughs> yeah. And I don't particularly like doing those things, but I like people. For me, it's about, I don't look at it like networking. I look at it like building relationships. So if I have a case with opposing counsel and also I don't take things personally, right? They have a job to do. I have a job to do. And as long at the end of the day, we're all respectful to each other. We reach a resolution or as a win or a loss. We may have dinner. We may grab drinks afterwards. And you build these relationships. And that, to me, I prefer doing than attending 10 cocktail receptions. Well, well, that is networking. And I'm glad that you bring that point up because that is a huge misconception. And the word gets thrown out there. Right. And when I hear that, I think that's, again, getting back to just almost, that's retroactive. That is like when you need something, you're out at those events. That's when you need something as opposed to true networking is building the relationships proactively. You're going out with the opposing counsel or you're going out and you're spending that little bit of extra time with your clients. I mean, like I said, I know some of your clients. I wish I could say some of their mm -hmm. names because I know the relationships that you've built with them and what that has done for their lives. That's true like you said, relationship building, but what I would call networking. Right. But I genuinely like these people. Correct. And that's the difference. Like some of my clients I've become friends with that I hang out with or I'll go out to dinner with because I genuinely like them. Opposing counsel or co-counsel in cases I've built relationships with because I genuinely like them. If there's someone I want to talk to or I think there's a good synergy between us, I'll reach out. I'll send them an email and say, hey, congratulations. I heard you just won this case. I think it's awesome. You want to grab a drink? Let me introduce myself to you. And that's how you kind of, for me, it's about building relationships because I'm more comfortable one-on-one, -on -one, just talking to somebody and getting to know them than being at an event with a hundred people and trying to just grab five minutes here or five minutes there because you don't connect, in my opinion, for me, I don't connect in a meaningful way. When you're asking me about building the practice and building relationships, I will make an effort to do that. I speak a lot and I made a conscious choice to do this, not necessarily at industry conferences because we all go to those, but I'll speak a lot at women's conferences or different organizations. I will go to schools and talk to kids about sexual harassment in the workplace. I did an initiative and I went to high schools to educate these kids as they're going and starting to get their first summer job about the things and their rights in the workplace. For me, those are the kind of outreach that A, I enjoy doing. B, I think it actually makes a difference. I'm teaching and I'm educating these young people of what they can expect in the workplace as they go out there. It's scary. And they don't have no idea of what their rights are, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable in the workplace. So I find that A, I enjoy it more, and B, I've built some great relationships through the years with some really terrific people, not because I said, oh, wow, good, what can they do for me? Or can they send me a case? Or what can I get out of this dinner? You know, let me do a cost-benefit analysis. <laughs> I don't look at it like that. I look at it like, this guy's really smart and he was really professional and I love to grab a drink and know a lot more about him and or her or I really respected the way this attorney handled the situation or I was at a conference and they gave a great presentation. I want to hear more about it. Those are the kind of people that I will reach out to and that I want to have some kind of relationship with. And even if we get together once a year or a couple of times a year, because like everything else, we're all very busy, but you build that kind of bond that you can pick up the phone. You can say, hey, 
then it's kind of secondary, right? Where you're like, I've got a case for you. Is this something you're interested in? Or they call and they have a case for me, but I don't go into it with looking for something to get out of it. Yeah. Tammy, your approach is just awesome. And I wish more people would think that through. Think of the long game, which is exactly what you're doing. And I didn't even think about it until you and I started talking about it because it's not something that I kind of structured and said, here's my business plan and here's a model or here's how I'm going to network. I think it just kind of happened organically based on who I am as a person and what my comfort level is. Some people love going to these networking things and talk to everybody. And I think I'm a very social person and I do like engaging and with others. But like I said, my preference is more on a one-to-one kind of basis to really to get to know people and to build those relationships. It's what makes the world go round. What's nice is there's so many different types of people out there. There's pure extroverts, there's introverts, there's centroverts, and everyone has their own style. And at the end of the day, it is about connecting with people. And there are some people that can go to a networking event, talk to one or two people, solidify a base relationship, but really it's then they need to take it to the next step and they need to follow through on that. And then they're, it's funny, the best networkers that I know are actually introverts. They're the people that are more thoughtful. They've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. They're listening. And then the communication that they have, getting back to the thoughtfulness, they've listened, they ask good questions, they care. So there's so many different ways to build relationships, people, whether it's going to certain events together, whether it is just working with people, whether it's so many. But I like your style, like the way that you're so thoughtful with people. And one of the things that you do really well that I think actually makes you an excellent connector is because you're a connector. So you think of making introductions to other people. You put two and two together, whereas it's good to build relationships. I mean, I just know people you've referred to me. And like you said, it's just something that maybe comes a little more natural to you. I think that you've got some good DNA too, because I, the family, I know the family and I know that that's just kind of the culture and the way that you guys are always looking out for other people. But it's something that you do really well. Thank you. No, you're welcome. So I'm going to turn the tables a little bit and I got a question for you. Give me some bad advice that you've been given. Is there anything in particular that stands out to you or that you hear often? And it could be about work. It could have been advice that you were given growing up. It could be anything in particular. Bad advice. Bad advice. So there are people who are given career advice. There's a great his guy's name's Adam Robinson. If anyone who hasn't heard of Adam Robinson, he's the founder or the co-founder, I should say, of the Princeton Review. He's a chess champion, and I think he owns a company that consults massive hedge funds. And I heard him being asked this question, and it was just such a great question, I thought, because, wow, like, when do you get asked that? And he had a phenomenal response, and I'm not even going to say his response because I'm hoping whoever's listening to this Googles him, and here's a podcast that he was on with Tim Ferriss. So I'm sorry. Well, I I'm the- don't have a phenomenal response. I can't even think of a response. Now I want to know. Now I have to go Google this guy to find out what the heck he said. That sucks. That's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll come back to that. I'll have to think about that. I'm sure I've been given God, so much bad, bad advice, advice through the years. I just can't You know what? I'm gonna, let me ask you this. This will make it easier for you. Ready? All right. You've seen a lot of clients that have probably been given a lot of bad advice. What is typical? There's got to be some level. You must see consistent bad advice that your clients have had along the way that keeps popping up. Is there any a common thread of bad advice that your clients have received? Well, one is to just quit. That's bad advice that I think that 
employees have gotten from others. Maybe it's their family members, another lawyer. If the environment's not working for you, just quit. If your boss is hitting on you, just quit. And if you do that, people don't understand that there's legal ramifications for just quitting. You lose certain rights when you just quit. So I think that's pretty much bad advice. And for me, I mean, well, you know my father, like you don't quit. Yeah, <laughs> you not do, an option. You do, it's not an option. He used to keep this thing down in his office. I don't know if I have it completely memorized, but you know that poem, Don't Quit? Oh, no. It goes something like, when things go wrong, as they sometimes will, and the road you're trugging seems all uphill. And when the stakes are high and debts are low or something like, or debts are high and stakes, something like that, whatever you do, don't quit. And then it goes, I'm not even doing it justice. I get the and genesis I have to, of it, yeah. I have to remember. But I remember he kept that, and it, he still has it in his office now, and it's framed. And every time I'd have a bad day or something, I'd go in his office and I'd read it. And it would just inspire me, quite frankly, to just never give up. And that's how I was raised. I mean, quitting was just, it just wasn't an option, no matter what it was, whether it was school or it was sports or project, you just did not give up. And that's kind of carried through in my life for whatever I do. I mean, I was telling you before, we took this hot yoga class last night with my girlfriend and it was a hundred degrees and it was hard and it was fun, but my girlfriend's like, I'm tapping out. I'm out of here. This is insane. <laughs> and I'm like, I will die before I will give up. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to be drenched and I'm going to hyperventilate, but I am not going to quit. I'm going to do it. So that's kind of the platform in which I was raised. So I do think that that is not good advice that people get sometimes that they just throw up their hands and they're not willing to fight and they're not willing to protect themselves. And the law is designed to protect employees in the workplace. And what I try to do is to empower them to have a voice. And when they can't have a voice, I'm their voice. And I stand up for them. And I make sure that they are being protected and that they, I give it everything that I have to ensure that these people are at least getting a fair shot and help them either get out of a bad situation or to stay at their job and create a better work environment for themselves and others. I take that very seriously. And it's a shame you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that reminds me of a quote that doesn't do justice to your fathers, but uh, you know, <laughs> winners begin their days where others end in failure. It's one on perseverance yeah. and not giving up, but it's yeah. like, or what is the other one? It's something about- I'm going to find that. To, I'm yeah, going to send do. that to you. I'm going to get we'll, it for We'll you. put it in the show notes, I'm, guys. I, I, I'll definitely make sure that's in the show I, I, notes. I'm going to get it because yeah. I just think it's so great. I think it's so great. Yeah. Or, or what's the other quote? 97% of people that gave up work for the 3% that didn't. Really? I've never heard that. Something to that effect. I'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah, we gotta have it exactly. We have an inspirational yeah, section. Yeah, I yeah. like that. No, listen, that's what that does it sometimes. That it really does. that really does. It's not that no one we all hit walls at some point. So it's just a matter of who's ready to get through that wall. So I don't want to take up too much of your time, but you know so many amazing people and you've done so many amazing things. You've helped so many people that were in tough situations and now are amazing. Is there any one person or two people that might stand out to you that are the most impressive people that you know, that you could right now pick up the phone and call and they would take your call? Um, That's not a family member. I think that I'm fortunate. There's not just one or two people. I think that I'm so fortunate that I've met so many people through my life that I, and I've built so many relationships. 
I'm not going to name drop people, but I've had people mentor me that are just amazing. And I'm forever grateful for that. And I always try to pay that forward because I think a lot of people help shape the person that you become, right? It's about experiences. And from the time I, mean, I worked in a restaurant for many years and my boss there was amazing and really taught me a lot. And I started here and I had great mentors at this firm and even before I joined out in Golden that I am so appreciative of that really helped me become the person and the lawyer that I am today. And I think it's every one of those experiences that really I'm appreciative of. And I try very hard to pay it forward. And one of my mentors here told me, anytime anybody asks you for a few minutes because they have a question or they have a problem, you need to give it to them. I always do that. I always try to make time for anyone that asks of it from me because I think it's really important. And I think people have lost sight of that along the way. And it's become so competitive and we're in this world of everybody's on their iPhones and they're not communicating anymore. I believe in people and I believe in relationships and I believe in trying to, when you can, do the right thing and to always pay it forward. And if we can do that, I think we just have a better society in which we live in. You're going to love, there's an article I wrote about the five-minute favor. I'm going to send it to you because I think that it's something that's going to resonate with everything that you just talked about. Cool. And the quick and dirty is that if something is, I I didn't make this up. I wish I did. But but I expanded on a gentleman by the name of Adam. Oh, my God. I'm forgetting his last name. Anyways, I'll send you the article. It's really just about doing just that. If someone asks something of you that can take anything less than five minutes, then do it. (laughs) Then do it. Anyways, Tammy, I can't say enough about how awesome it is having you on the show. You've been fantastic. I truly can't impress enough upon anyone who's listening to have Tammy in your Rolodex, even if it's not for you. There's someone that you know that could benefit from her services. She is fantastic. I know this firsthand. I know from a bunch of her other clients and just the service that she provides. Like I said, it's like a life insurance. It really is like a life insurance policy. Whether you want to pay that or not, it's so worth it. They've hedged. The services that you provide are fantastic. So please reach out. Thanks again for coming on the show, Tammy. Thank you so much, Adam. It was really fun. Yeah. Make it a great day. Thanks. I'm really glad you made it through the whole show. It tells me that you found it entertaining and enjoyed the content. In the spirit of helping us continue to provide such great content and amazing guests, we appreciate your participation through Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash networkwise. Your support really helps. Also, if you or someone you know is looking for a career change, is building a business, seeking to expand sales, or is just generally interested in improving your overall health and happiness, then head on over to networkwise.com. Not only does this platform offer you a plethora of resources, but will walk you through how to expedite the outcomes and the aforementioned goals that you seek. Thanks again for listening. Make it a great day. And remember to always networkwise.